This is for you, this is for you and me, and who we see when we see each other. This is for all, this is for all the time you tried to find your sister or your brother. not crazy anymore you've been waiting at the door and it's time to open oh yes 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 i can feel the power of the blood moon it is time to open things are opening traditionally people say that today people we would be going mercury is going into retrograde so it's sad and a lot of people go, oh, no, Mercury in retrograde. It just means it's a time of change. So when Mercury's in retrograde, run around and put everything in order. Um, well, it has a bad rap, though. Mercury <laughs> it totally has a bad rap. That it, it sassy does. voice there. That's yeah, I always get really panicked when Mercury goes into retrograde. <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, we did a show on Friday the 13th, Stevie, Okay. Uh-huh. I went around telling everybody Friday the 13th was the luckiest day of my year. And <laughs> yeah. they started giving me stuff. It was really incredible. I got given $10 discounts and free gifts and all kinds of things <laughs> just because I was celebrating Friday the 13th. That's awesome. uh, well, that's one way to, to look at it and, and attack it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lucky day for a lot of people. Some years my, my dad's birthday falls on that. So, you know, it's a good day for a lot of people. So here we are this morning. We're we're obviously we're stepping off the bar here and being totally sassy. Uh, <laughs> I told I well first of all this is chapter what four of our book here, Randy. I decided I so. that um, Tippy Hedren had to be a chapter in the book all by herself. Oh, um, that is powerful. Thank you. You're you're totally welcome because what you do is you represent my where my heart is. You know my mom. My mom has um, enjoyed Shambhala, too. And, oh, that's um, My mom died quite a while ago. And just the work that Tippy has done and the things that we have accomplished, um, I associate one of the biggest and most memorable and important accomplishments of my life to Tippy Hedren. Uh, oh, wow. And that is Great when honor. we Thank you. backed those buggers that were going to have a little club going out and shooting mountain lions here in California. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we, uh, in those days, cable television was um, free, Channel 3, guys. And so you didn't just push a button and it changed. You would turn the television from 2 to 4, and those were the major stations, so we were right in the middle. So we had this amazing, 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 amazing coverage. And Tippy and I got our hands on a tape about these these guys were claiming that these mountain lions were threatening people and all kinds of just outrageous stuff, and we knew it wasn't so. It's just not what they do. So when no, we, it is not what they do. That is not what they do. Nope. So we got our hands on this tape, and I'm thinking it came to me through a listener, but I don't honestly remember at this point. And it was these men with radio collars on their dogs, their bloodhounds, tracking mountain lions, and they found one in a tree, and they go, they point up to in the tree, and then they they shoot that mountain lion, and they start shooting, and it strambles for its life, and it falls down into a puddle of water, and it goes, was a good pelt. Makes uh. me cry to this day. And we kept, we played that, and we talked about that, and mm-hmm. we stopped the election, them winning the elections to have free reign to go out and kill mountain lions in California. Well, we wouldn't have any uh, left if the, if that had been the case, that they they uh, were able to continue that. They'd be gone. Yep. And you guys did a wonderful thing. That, that's one yeah. of the greatest moments of my life, and you know the same things with the, that moment when I passed the Olympic torch. And I mm-hmm. passed it from a seven-year-old kid. I, you pass the flame, actually, to a Japanese disc jockey and end up on satellite television. I mean, the moment was already amazing. And then to find out that our moment was on satellite television all over the world, you can live 50 years and then you get a flash like that, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when you stay on the trail and you follow your heart. And Tippy Hedren, I'm going to listen to all these victimized Women, and I don't mean to be rude because men throwing their power over women 
has been is nothing new. <laughs> nothing no, new. since the since the two sexes were invented. <laughs> <laughs> And invented may exactly be the situation. We're not even sure on that one. If you look at the Sumerian tablets, we totally could have been invented. Uh, so this this is not a new thing. Um, I have had swimming with alligators came from the fact that I have spent a lot of my life around predators mm-hmm. of one sort or another, human and animal. Uh huh. But the the animal ones are actually easier. Because you can reason with them. <laughs> uh, <that's true. laughs> and and they, they have their it. minds in the right place. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. can find out where to scratch behind their ears and how to get out of way and all kinds of <laughs> stuff, you know. And not to take on something too big and blah, blah, blah. The males, there's something else. Anyhow, this thing has been going on since the get-go. So... Yes. Don't expect to have sexual predators disappear, even if we do, a, and I don't mean a cleansing like a um, Nazi cleansing, I mean a cleansing of our souls and spirits. I know that some predator will show up somewhere at some time and do something. So, here's the deal. <laughs> what my mom said to me was, when I was going out to Dave, Dave Davis, Randy, he was a, a discus. He was the United States representative for um, the discus in Italy in whatever year the Olympics were in Italy, oh, and wow. Dave wanted to go out with me, and he was a mounted. He was, he was muscles, like his muscles would show up. A hunk, a hunk of burning love. Got it. <laughs> and I was a little concerned about that. Mm-hmm. Mom says to me, she said, sweetheart, a good knee in the right place does wonders. <laughs> I said, okay, Mom. Mom had given me advice earlier to talk about. I, my Mom was my best fighting coach, okay? Oh, my God, that's so funny. Yep, yeah, so we take care so of I got out with Dave Davis, and he was just trotting him outside. And, uh, 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 we had a couple of beers right now. I was getting a little, like, sloppy on me. And I said, Dave, aren't you in training? You know, all that kind of reasoning. You know, all this guy stuff. And then I just said, Dave. I'm going to have to apply something, and I don't want you. You seem like a nice man. But <laughs> this told me that a good knee in the right place will do wonders, and I'm ready to give that knee, Dave. <laughs> That's funny. Did you have to give it? No. <laughs> he wilted like he wilted. <laughs> good. Solved that problem. Okay. <laughs> okay, then we've got Ivy Bettini later on, you know, talking about women... I'm now in the women's movement, but we've got Ivy Bettini talking, and Ivy Bettini's um, talking about how to avoid being raped in Hollywood. I thought it was always that's a good topic. <laughs> I don't need to be raped in Hollywood. You don't need to be raped anywhere. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so her technique, and by the way, I'm sure it works. <laughs> I just wasn't <laughs> up to it. Her technique was to say, come. Well, first of all, you walk with your keys between your fingers, which I always do in a darkish neighborhood, so that each one of my keys is sticking out between my fingers. Um, of course, with these cars turning to be keyless, well, it may have to come up with something else. But the, her solution was, and I thought it was an interesting one, Tiffy, was what she would do is she would she taught women how to drool <laughs> and act crazy. Mm. <laughs> And nobody wants to, to and, get into a mess like, with that. And, and this, <laughs> just scratched their crotches while they were doing it. <laughs> oh, dear. You know, all that is 100% of the time, as far as the records are, that one worked. Uh, not quite something that I was ready to pull off. I like the Leo response a lot better. So I, I know from past history that... Uh, Alfred Hitchcock gave you the runaround, and you didn't take any guff well, either. Well, he, he tried to. And, right. Uh, that's what I meant runaround yeah. as, as as in pursuing you, not that he was successful in ever catching you, okay? Yeah, thank you. You're totally welcome. I'll clean it up any time it comes out <laughs> wrong. Thank you. So, uh, could you just fill in our audience how you were able... This is what, the, the time to set the scene. This is probably the, one of the two most powerful men in Hollywood or something like that. Absolutely he was. And I think he was known all over the world. Most directors are not. I mean, and not 
not to take offense to any one of them, but uh, he really made a name for himself. He was very powerful at the at the, uh, the studios as well. Well, you know, here's a question. So, what was the situation? Oh, he decided that that I should uh, acquiesce to his desires, and uh, I changed his mind very quickly about that. Did you have a special technique for doing that, other than yeah, no? it's a very big fat no, and uh, <laughs> this isn't going to go anywhere, and uh, um, uh, he was uh, surprised and uh, a little taken back by my feelings and and act, you know just really applying them and. Uh, we managed to uh, uh, get through Marnie. Uh, it started out at the, you know uh, when we were filming the birds, yeah. and but but uh, it wasn't it wasn't anything that um, uh, you know it was just that he kept staring at me all the time, and uh, you know that that kind of of oppression which can be really awful. Um, and it wasn't until we were uh, uh, way into Marnie where he really uh, was uh, started making demands on me, and I said, well, if you want to finish this film, um, you better stop it. Cause I, Good. I, you stood. Yeah. It takes a strong woman to stand to that. I, I actually... Well, you know, that's what we have to with deal Al. with, with... with uh, uh, the upbringing of of girls mm-hmm. exactly, and that's, that's what we were t- exactly what we have to deal with is giving them the power to protect themselves. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I was, we were talking last night, uh, Tippy, and I want to share it with our listeners today. Um, that there was Terry Cole Whitaker, who is a person I love and respect greatly. I was telling a story a number of years back about a little seven-year-old girl who was being sexually molested by her grandfather. Oh, I hope they cut it off of him. uh, She couldn't get anybody in the family to believe her that granddad would do this. So she couldn't get support from her own family. So she goes to her grandfather and she tells him that she knows he has to sleep. And then if he ever touches her again... When he goes to sleep, she will cut his throat. That's the end of that, <laughs> old girl. And how did that work? That worked perfectly. It, uh, she didn't ever have to deal with her grandfather's behavior again. Well, bravo. Exactly. Then that's a seven. Yes. A lot of this has to do with the fact that kids are not given permission, and we were talking about my mom, just like she told me, with Dave, da- Dave Davis and me in the right place. <laughs> it's a great thing. Uh, there were other times uh, I was being attacked by a bully, Tippy. There was a kid, David Schneider, who three times he waited in a tree, jumped down, and pulled my hair out. But in a beef space and like a month where or two in the apart world or something did like he that. And the third time that he did like it, he that. got a really big mess of my hair. And I went, <laughs> to my mom and I showed her this wad of hair and she goes oh okay David Snyder again huh oh (laughs) I could talk to his mom and I'd be happy to do that for you but she says the problem is life has got a lot of bullies and she said if there's any way you could figure a banding it out now I'd rather have you do that first Mm -hmm. it seemed like a reasonable request I stopped crying went and put my coveralls on and waited under the redwood tree for David Snyder to come home from school, beckoned him over to where I was standing, took one look at, grabbed his T-shirt, actually his little striped T-shirt, and punched him right in the nose, and then um, knocked him to the ground and pinned him there and said, don't ever hit me again, don't ever pull my hair again. He goes, okay. And we were best (laughs) friends. (laughs) Well, and that was a life lesson for him, I'm sure. Yeah, well, it was for me too because uh-huh. I always somebody was being. I didn't know somebody was being would do something silly like that because they were attracted to me. I mean, it didn't occur to me that. I mean, that's totally a life lesson. 
But people Absolutely. can do some crazy behaviors when there's something behind what it is that they're up to and what they want. You don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. You, I'm sure that Alfred Hitchcock is not the only person that ever tried to use you. You're beautiful. Uh, no, and uh, I, but but my parents gave me very very good high morals and ways to keep keep my sanity. And, uh, Do you care to share any of the ways to keep your Well, no, it was uh, basically talking to me uh, about uh, life and what you can expect out of it, and the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh-huh. And um, uh, it was all through, you know, just really simple, hard uh, discussions. And uh, uh, about the, the rights of of uh, women and men uh, and uh, where they differ and what you can do about it. And, uh, and you know, 99 out of 100 women would have actually probably and do cave into that and you stood up to that. To mm-hmm. be, I have this conversation with Val. I have it with my mom all the time. Mm-hmm. I told Val I could have had a, any car I wanted Remember that, Val? (laughs) In the last week, I went to a business meeting and somebody with a lot of money, name a car if I go to bed with him. And no, why would I, why did this conversation even take that turn? Yeah. And yeah. That's the assumption that all women are purchasable. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're they're not. toys. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, very proud of you for standing to that. And you've made such, uh, just leaps in your life and what I love is you have all these opportunities because you put yourself out there to be able to experience the things that you've experienced like you know uh, your your Shambhala preserve that you have I would love to you know if Val's ready we'll talk about your Shambhala preserves fascinating yeah I was actually thinking of the elephant that I met the first time I went out to Shambhala and you told me the story of that elephant being reunited Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my God! Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. The, the place of miracles, and I don't think that elephant is still alive, is it? No, they're not. No, but they did live out their lives, and then for many years, yeah, they were in their forties. <laughs> Tell yeah. our listeners w- w- what we're alluding to is it's got to be one of the greatest love stories of all time. Yeah, uh, we started out with uh, with one elephant. Um, um, his name was Tim Timbo, T-I-M-B-O, and uh, uh, it was that was one of the greatest friendships I think I've. I mean, really, <laughs> the biggest friendship I ever had. On many different levels. On many different levels, yes, and uh, it was it was so amazing to get to know that animal and to and uh, and to know that that he liked me as much as I liked him. Uh-huh. I mean, it was just stunning, and uh, uh, I'd go with for long walks with him when his trainer, uh, Chris Gallucci, would take him out, uh, and we'd go up the river, and uh, oh, it was just it was just bliss walking with him, and uh, every now and then he'd take his trunk and he'd put it around my waist and we'd walk. You know? <laughs> oh, what a dream! That would no, be so it was, sweet. yeah, it was just absolutely. So special and wonderful, and uh, uh, I think that the 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 years that we had uh, Timbo and Cora, um, the bull and the cow elephant, uh, I think were the were my favorite years with all of the animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you get those elephants? Uh, they were they were rescues from, from if it was in this States, country. They were yeah. Oh. Yeah, they were they were rescues from. Uh, I have to tell the part about the boat and all that stuff. The bo- oh, the boat. You left. Uh, weren't they on the same boat from Africa or something? Oh the yeah, well they knew each other. I yeah, point. When, when when, well, we had Timbo first, the bull elephant, and then the Cora. Uh, 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 yeah, Cora. She she gets an invitation from a Canadian zoo, right? Yes. Because they've got this impossible animal up there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. One that doesn't really like being chained down anymore. And is yeah, having, imagine that. 
Imagine mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and they want to euthanize the, the, <laughs> the Yeah, the well, none of them like that kind of life. It's just a few of them. Well, I would say, I'm not living this way. Exactly. So yeah. anyway, Tippy volunteers and then tell the rest of the love story. I can't do it. You yeah, do and it. Uh, we had Timbo, uh, and then we heard about this, uh, the cow elephant, uh, the sir, yeah, the, uh, um, this poor animal who had, you know, had literally been abused. Uh, and she came down, and uh, Timbo was out in the yard when when she arrived, and she she walked down out of the of the truck, and we're all just on pins and needles, wondering how is this going to work out? Because they don't automatically like each other any more than people do like each other. And, right. Uh, uh, he walked towards her with this stride that was, I mean, very powerful. And she stepped down out of the the van, or I mean, the big truck that she came in. And we're just holding our breath. What are they going to do? And they entwined their trunks and walked side by side out oh. of the field. It was just, we all had tears in our eyes. It was so nice. And so they, they were lived. rescued. Go ahead. Yeah, they were rescued, both of them. And, and they lived how long? Oh, oh, they were in their, their 20s. Yeah. What's normal for them? Uh, I'm not really sure, but 20 is a you know good age. Yeah. So what you, you have is a preserve. Hung over on the same boat from Africa and remember each other. Isn't after that all those years? It's just um, you yeah. know it's magic. All this stuff. The way I think it is too. Comes together. Yeah. And I think this is the quantum field, and this is why this is 31 years on radio right now because I'm an invitation through my guests, myself, and my friends, and the, my listeners, <clears throat> the listeners here, to actually be bringing, bringing in lighter conversations. And I don't mean light just like lighter, but light that are more possible and infused. And um, uh, you, what's the message you're getting today? You stand up for yourself. Not only can you stand up for yourself, you are a powerful creator. What is it you want to create in the world? Look what Tippy's done. Uh, Randy Shannon... This this quiet voice that you're hearing this morning, she's a triathlete. She's a mom of four strappy boys, I think. God, <laughs> how 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 tall are you, and how tall is your eldest son? <laughs> My oldest is almost six foot, and I am just barely five one. <laughs> I'm just so under she it. has to get a step stool to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. Sit down, son. My uh, mother wants to sit on the desk and talk to you. Uh, we have created these amazing creations of the world. Tippy has created two books, uh, and Randy asked her about that. And she's created Shambhala, and she's created. Um, a Hol- you're a Hollywood legend, and so is your family. And tell yeah. us about Shambhala because you, I think you've got it set up for perpetuity, and I really like that. Oh, yes. and please give the website uh, Shambhala S H A M B A L A dot org O R G. Uh huh. Now we were talking about setting up things for for what happens past our time. I, you can hear how sassy she sounds. Is it okay if I put your actual age on air? Oh, I don't care. <laughs> That's confidence. I don't care. I like. I am proud of mine. I'll be I'll be seventy eight. I'll be seventy eight next month. And Tiffy, being her adorable self, had to let me know that she was, of course, already eighty eight. <laughs> what? I can't even believe it. You do not and look 88 still swinging. in your pictures. Yeah. Good for you. That's yeah. so great. Maybe that to your finished jeans or to your, um, you know, either your blood type lifestyle? Uh, all of it. Yeah. Is your said, what are you doing? What's your, what's, yeah, what's your secret? Tell everybody. Uh, I don't know that I have a secret. Means. I think it, it, I think if there is a secret, it's, uh, uh, be interested in your life and uh, what you can do with it, and uh, mm-hmm. and do it. Yeah, so you're but active. you also, you eat very you eat very well. You eat. Oh yes, you I eat do. Through your very blood carefully. Type, you did one. Yeah. Um, Let's hear about that. I want to know what Tippy Hedren eats. Uh, yeah. I eat um, uh, three meals a day, uh, and 
I uh, I don't eat a lot of I don't eat any fat really. Nothing nothing that would uh, uh, put fat on me. Fat mm-hmm. is my enemy. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, I weigh the same that I did when I was uh, a fashion model in mm-hmm. New York, which was which is a hundred and one. Oh, you're just tiny little oh. thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could say, but I'm really tall. I'm not. Really <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm five two. Well, when the med beds come and they say the med beds are coming, and they because I want my I want at least four inches back, please, because uh, I've shrunk. Uh, <laughs> we were comparing how much we shrunk. Tippy, not so much. Me, three inches. No, I refused. Pardon? Well, so the I'm med bed is to be able to something that you're supposed to be able to climb into. It's supposed to already exist, and I'm waiting for this thing to show up. And then you're supposed to it's supposed to take three days. And um, they can retune your height and color of your eyes and all kinds of stuff. So. What? I know. That's exactly what I said the first time. But now I've just got my fingers crossed that I'm not being conned, you know? <laughs> are you going to do it? You bet I'll do it. I oh, did, well, the, well, I did this program. Are you going to tell all of us how it goes? And, and <laughs> yes. Okay. If, I would tell every listener, all I'm going to tell you guys, I told you about the program over at NOVA. Unfortunately, some doctor who wanted the program in the building took it over for himself, so it's no longer uh-huh. available. So oh. I spent 28 days in something called the Megasphere, okay? And uh, it was for PTSD because I had a lot of that in my life and also my bloodline. And that 28 days uh, transformed me, and that equipment... All I had to do was go in there and sleep. There's all kinds of advanced technology that will be available to you that President Trump has unleashed that's been, um, what was it, last September, I think, when he did it? All these things, these technologies had been frozen, and now they're being put out onto the Internet. There's also really? some really interesting stuff. Um, I don't think I mentioned it to you before. Maybe I did. Um, if you guys want to go look up Tall White's, Maybe you want to take a look at it, Randy. I think you're on your computer. Uh, the tall whites are an interesting conversation about aliens, and it's a the guy is from uh, from the 1970s. He was like 21 years old in the Air Force, Tippy, and he had all this interaction. And the tape is fascinating. And when you listen to it about these tall whites that are supposedly live to be seven to nine hundred years old, and how they're protective of their kids, and uh, it's fascinating. And, and when they did they believe- do all this living to that age? Pardon? When did they do all this living to that age? Right now. Oh, really? Yeah, they're supposed to be in the hills of Arizona or something like that. It's been a while since I saw the tape. Uh, however, what do, you, just, what do you call this man? I mean, I, I, look up tall whites, like okay. W H I T E S. They're okay. very slender and very tall. Is there an S after the white? Whites? Uh, it's a it's a it's a name of a group of aliens. They're called Paul Whites, like W H I T E, like the color white. Oh, okay. And like tall, like taller than us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. And what's so, their purpose? What do they do? Well, you, I want you to go check that out, and and you can actually listen to the interviews and stuff. I don't want to tell you. I I'm going to tell you that they're. Not on. They're they're not aggressive and they're not particularly friendly, but they're not unfriendly. Okay, I'll tell you that about them. The rest of it, I want you to do some investigation because I want you guys to get engaged in the fact that a big deal is going on here on planet Earth. A big deal, and it's blood moon today, and a big deal uh, because it's our job to make sure that America does not sink into civil war which is the plan of George Soros and the Clinton cartel and all the rest of them. Okay, and the <laughs> have you, Tibby, have you ever heard Vladimir Putin speak? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, I have. No, and I don't know why, I, how I've missed that. Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> go to look up, because you will like this guy. You will totally oh, yeah. like him when they were trying to suck him in on Trump and all that kind of stuff earlier before we got into this uh, summit meeting conversation. He was always very careful to not, you know, he just handled himself beautifully with an aggressive press. Anyway, (laughs) I love what they're doing. 
And what they're doing is freeing the technology. What what um, Putin? One of the things Putin gave Trump is, I believe, I, I don't hear Paul, but I believe it was 170 trillobytes of spy data or something like that that totally involves all the top players that have been running around and trying to point their finger at at President Trump. So it's an amazing time to be alive, and it's also a perfect time for, for our courage to wake up and to us to stop being Rip Van Winkle and get up after our 100 years sleep and start doing, moving on the things that are important to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were talking, Tippy, about creating a foundation. Oh, you've already created the foundation. Yes. We'll have this work continue that you've created so that no, no animal... Um, has to worry about being t- tortured or stubbed in a small yes. cage. I imagine you've seen some terrible things. Yes, I have. And you went to Congress about this, too. And will you let I our ri- listeners know what you created in Congress? I did. I, I uh, uh, you know, all the, the years that I've been doing this, I've always wondered, why aren't there laws that protect these animals? And uh, nobody had done anything about it. So I put a bill together. I wrote a bill and uh, brought it to my congressman, Buck McKeon, and he said, Tippy, this will never work. It's a huge business. I said, well, we're going to try, aren't we? (laughs) And he said, I guess we are. And I uh, went to Washington and talked to as many uh, uh, congressmen and senators and everybody that I could get my hands on and uh, uh, gave them a copy of the bill and uh, it passed unanimously in the House and Senate. Right on Tippy Hedren. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, uh, and I didn't pull any punches about what was going on in, in, on our planet with uh, these, these poor animals who are, are treated so poorly and, and uh, uh uh, I mean, really awful, and uh, it, pa- yeah. it, it passed. And uh, and uh, since then, there has the, the the ridiculous breeding of these animals to be sold to anyone who had had a backyard to put them in, which is absurd. You're dealing with an apex predator here uh, with lions and tigers. The word apex, have... you're meaning top predator. Top predator, yeah. Apex. The predator of all predators. <laughs> predator of all predators, yes. Yeah, and, totally. Uh, they have no business being in people's backyards. When you're, you know, I, I'm going to kind of just sort of interrupt this conversation to make a point. And the point is that I want you to make that if you notice when Tippy speaks about everything she's spoken about, and you'll hear it in Randy or myself, it's like there's actually certain things that are in her speaking. You can hear them. And what that means is she has a passion for animals, okay? I do too, by the way. I have a passion for radio. I have a passion for doing certain things. She does too. Randy does too. Randy's, as I mentioned earlier, is a triathlete. Believe me, you have to have a passion for things to be able to pull that off. I think it helps, yeah. Yeah, it totally does. But I want to give the listeners something that you can go over to Amazon right now and for the first time the unadulterated copy that I've seen of Think and Grow Rich is available by um, Napoleon Hill. And this man is an absolute formula for training your thought. Landmark education is another place to put these things in practice. And you do, and you can turn into Harriet Potter or Harry Potter when you do it because you're actually working in the quantum field. And the quantum field, different things happen there. There's tests and things like that in the quantum field, but there's also manifestation and satisfaction and all kinds of such. And I'll give you an example of when I was uh, uh, at the University Religious Conference over at UCLA. My girlfriend, Caressa Carlstead, said, here comes Lon Kirkgaard, and I said, where is he? That's my name. Oh. And um, <laughs> you that are into astrology... I am what is a fixed chart. I have, I'm not sure about um, Tippy and uh, uh, Randy will have to give them a chance to put that out. But in a fixed chart, you get to do what is in that chart, whether you want to do that or not, which you have a, 
ability to do is have the best attitude possible. So you take crisis. The training is is to take any crisis and turn it into um, opportunity. And <laughs> Randy, you got a chance to see how I did that this week <laughs> in a certain conversation. I know. And, and she goes, what, what did you say to me after I did that? Uh, I don't know. You just always amaze me how you will take a crisis and turn it into something amazing. And I love it because I like to be around people that obviously do those things. So Because crisis is an opportunity, the exact same symbol in the Chinese mm-hmm. calendar. And fortunately, I've had that. I was a Chinese history major uh, along with English history. I, it is what it is. I come to find out that my aunt was a Japanese ambassador. I didn't know she was. You, you think that you're coming up with all this stuff all by yourself, you know? My uh, family actually started with their buddies, about five or 600 of them, put together the um, Vancouver Golf Club, which is where all the presidents and stuff play. Um, I got, I got um, taken out of Canada in the middle of the night because my grandfather was uh, a satanic monster. He was he what? Was, he was. He had a great personality the rest of the time, but not when he was down in the cellar doing what he was doing with people down in the cellar. And I happened to observe it. And um, over the years, I put together the paper, the, the pieces about it. Um, Mom comes up from the cellar with a bandage around her neck and blood on it. I'm having I'm oh having God. panic attacks and slamming my head on the floor and doing all kinds of stuff, um, just banging my head on the floor all the time. <laughs> my poor mother must have thought she was in an insane asylum and in a way she was. Oh, this is a nightmare. This is, um, uh, here I am, I'm three years old, and uh, um, when Mom says she fell down the stairs and that was a pencil in her throat, I said, I, I, said, I don't believe you. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, and then we had a meeting with the, I couldn't figure out why we were meeting with the, with a milkman down by the wharf in the middle of the night, and I think probably... <laughs> you were having was, a meeting with the milkman? Yeah, and, I, I, and later on I figured it out that what she was doing was making it look like the um, like they hadn't left. Because what we did was that same night we met in a hotel and then we headed for the United States, all of us. Wow. So I've always said that it's a form of witness protection because we went from being one of... Um, Vancouver's most respected families to dad driving me, dad and me driving down in the old 33 Auburn and um, mom and Patty on the train. And later on I was told that <laughs> one of the things that inspired mother to move in the middle of the night was that uh, they were planning on using me as a sacrifice. That'll get you moving. Oh. For sure. For the next uh, round. Okay? Oh, wow. <laughs> and you're you imagine him deeply oh, grateful. Yeah. So you can't make up stories. Um, like thank that. you, mom. But I was always my mother is always so stern, and my mother is my mother. It was like walking through hell and not sure which direction to go. Oh, so we're a continuation. Wow. See, but 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 it's in the genes. For instance, when I was a child, my mother would get upset with me. She chased me with a switch, <laughs> try to catch me with a little snappy little switch across the back of the knees, right? Mm. That's one of the reasons I turned into such a fast runner. She only caught me <laughs> once. You know, those days were different because, you know, the parents and the grandparents, they did use switches. And I remember... I will get to where it comes from, though. <laughs> later on, I'm talking to my grandmother in her later years, and mm-hmm. um, I, I, <laughs> I lied to her about falling in a puddle when I was living with her because she was so scared of her because I got she bought me a new Mackinac sun coat and I I got I fell and I got it dirty and I went home and she goes what happened to the coat and I said some, I made up this story about how this boy pushed me into a puddle right mm-hmm. <laughs> totally irresponsibility and good line she grabs she goes into the closet and she grabs out a cat of nine tails whip oh. like she's and she starts snapping that whip and I realized even in that moment that that's where mother got the switch from that the switch was actually my mother being better than her mother which is you know we want to we want to treat our children better than we were treated or we want our children to have things we didn't have or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that we want 
and so much of my mother's harshness and things of that nature that I didn't understand until after she was gone came from the fact that she was just traumatized by um, how things had turned out Mm. or life had turned out isn't that frightening it's not always in the novels it actually does happen in real life to people yeah yeah Speaking of novels, you've actually created a couple of books yourself, haven't you, Tippy? Yes, I have. Do you want so, to talk about those? <laughs> Do we have to get a crowbar or what's your yeah. <laughs> That's a Maybe crowbar here, Randy, just in case you stop talking. <laughs> yeah, the, the first one was The Cats of Shambhala, oh, and okay. Simon and Schuster uh, produced that for me. And uh, the next one uh, is called Tippy. Oh, Imagine neat. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay, what do you like listening... best about the about the, the book Tippy? Uh, what do I like best about it? What well, do you like I think best? it's a, a really wonderful uh, story about somebody's life. So it's basically a, a biography um, on your whole life. Yes. Okay. So Excellent. far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there needs to be I'm a part two. Not done yet. <laughs> I'm going to totally, when I've got more time, Randy, I'm going, to totally re, I'm going to totally have her be part of Happily 200 because this is what Happily 200 sounds like. Uh, my website, <laughs> one of my websites, happily200.com, is all about the possibility of living to be 200 years old. And it is not that I... Is possible? Well, actually, I've, had, I've spoken with a 175-year-old person a couple of years ago, Tippy. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Wallach, who does Longevity, that uh, Randy is an um, uh, executive in, uh, he said in an interview with Barbara Walters that it would be possible to live to be 150 years old for children born right now. Really? Yeah, but because of what we know okay, about genetics. Okay, so, so they could be, be healthy and everything. How about the mental state and all of that? This is why I called it Happily 200. Ah, okay. Because I mean, when I first when I first had it be two hundred, right, two hundred or whatever people, I won't have enough money. I'm already <laughs> falling apart. You know all this kind of stuff, and I realize that we're programmed to, to go pr- pretty much right to a hundred years, uh, accepted norm. Like, uh-huh. if you go over a hundred years old, my aunt, she died at one hundred and three. She had all these letters from presidents and premiers and everything all over the entire world. When, when did she die? She died like 2006, something like that. Mm-hmm. That was, mom was 2006, Annie Joy, or Annie Cleo was like 2003. Mm-hmm. But she, she, was, she was 103, she played golf every day until she was like 90. <laughs> she was one of, one of the founders of the club and she kept wanting me to go play golf because she wanted me to see who I would meet there. <laughs> Oh, that's a, I, there's I always was, interesting people at golf courses. Always. Well, she hung <laughs> out with the, you know, the prime minister and all that kind of stuff. She wanted me to meet him. Uh huh. But I was living in the United States and married with <laughs> two married children and children. Yeah. much time to play golf. So I declined her generous offer. Hmm. Which, you know, you can always go back and say, if, "Well, if only I had," but. Even then, there wasn't a way I only could because I'd only already done other things. Yeah, there's just so much we can do, isn't there? Yeah, there totally is. But the really exciting thing is is that right now, I think we have like three or 4,000 people that listen to this show live in Albuquerque. Yeah. And this show gets sent over to Voice America, and Voice America plays it on four or five channels. And it goes all, goes all over the world, and it's downloadable from there. Oh, that's And then what happens after that is people will go in and, and uh, on their own because we don't charge for the downloads. You don't have to have a secret code mm-hmm. <laughs> to get uh-huh. the downloads of Waking Up in America. You just go to the website at wakingupinamerica.com, and you click up on the corner there, and it's on air, and you pick the date, and you download it, and you can send it around. And there have been some great people here. Great, great human beings have been here, and even when uh, they may not be a name that you that you may recognize, we have some names that have been here you might not recognize. Great, 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 great human beings that you haven't recognized yet, you know, mm-hmm. and know that you will because there's a whole movement going on here, 
and the movement is relaxing into the light. It's, it's about being who you are. It's about Tippi Hedren. Uh, what she's creating is is she set it up for it going on forever. You know, somebody what was it? I think the jellyfish is immortal, and so oh, somebody was telling me just yesterday. Was it you, Tippy, that the lobster is immortal, and, and I was saying the jellyfish is? Oh, was it, no, it wasn't me. But did you have a fight over it? Who won? No, we didn't. It was like really. It was it was so interesting because it said we, what we were talking about was is that neither of those um, creations actually would ever die if they weren't attacked. Hmm. Uh, the the jellyfish keeps rejuvenating itself, and the lobster does that somehow too. Really? I, I don't quite understand the lobster processes. So much it, as I, uh, it, it, is, it is those qualities that uh, uh, we are trying to we are striving to attain. Exactly, and the Think and Grow Rich book, uh, all of the ingredients of what I've just read, the first two chapters of it, uh, you don't buy anything but the 1939 version, which is the original un, un, unneuterized book. Unabridged. Powers uh, yeah. V just did, do not want you to think and grow rich. The ones that are coming up now definitely do. Ah. But the, <clears throat> excuse me, the qualities that you exhibit, that Randy exhibits, that I exhibit, that Ron Hayes exhibits, that all the different people that help with the Mike Vitale exhibit is a burning passion for something, okay? Mm-hmm. And then persistence and determination. Mm-hmm. So far, those are the, like, two of the key ingredients. So don't look at, at your life about what you think others think you should be doing. Look at your life to see where the passion is. Look where your life to see where the commitment is. And then people are going, oh, I never can make up my mind. I can't make up my mind. Well, if you listen to what it is that they're trying to make up their mind about, they're actually trying to make up their mind about whether they're going to act out of fear or courage. They're not just trying to, quote, make up their mind. Uh They're trying to see if they've got enough guts to take the big step. And Uh Dan Millman, I remember, do do you know Dan Millman, Shippy? I don't think so. Dan Millman wrote the book, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And Dan Millman, I, I think he's around. I'll have to call him. <laughs> Dan, I'm so sorry, but you just are such a hard radio interview. I haven't invited you back. He answers things in one word, which is really difficult for a radio interview. I had Normally, I'll, I'll ask six or seven questions. With Dan, I got to 32 and a half an hour, and I gave up. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay, that would be... I would have a hard time with that show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about the Olympics? They're good. Okay, Dan, oh. would you care to deepen that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, the perfect interview. <laughs> but here's the deal. This is the guy, Dan Millman, wrote The Way of the Peaceful Warrior and a couple of others after that. I took his seminar, Tippy, and I could stand next to you and we could end up being partners juggling the balls. Really? Yes, really. He would get you learning, and I can't do it now. I don't remember exactly how we did it, but we sure did it. We learned how to juggle like three balls at first, and then we actually learned how to partner and juggle balls. And one of the reasons that I was so excited about having you join us here on Waking Up in America this morning is it's my commitment to take these Hollywood conversations that are just tearing things apart and lift them into the projects that, that we stand for here in Hollywood. Uh-huh. Is that we stand for is taking care of our animals, taking care of our people, um, helping others, blah, blah, blah. It's not about who should be doing this or who should be doing that. It's like what future are we creating and yes. where do we, we say no where we need to say no. We say yes where we need to say yes, and your heart will determine that. We've got, we've got um, two and a half minutes left. Uh, Tippy, a, a couple of closing statements, and then Randy, you too, and then we're off air, kiddo. Oh, closing statements. Okay. Um, uh, oh boy. Okay, mine is open <laughs> your eyes and watch what's around you and uh, uh, find out where the needs are and go for it. And Randy, what's your... That sounds great. You know, um, mine is, is I've been on air this morning with a couple of really powerful, powerful people. And um, you guys offer love everywhere you go. I see it. And it takes a real powerful soul 
to be as humble as you guys are. And Tippy, I wanted to say so many more things and ask so many more questions, and I wish we had more time, and I hope you come back. You're, oh, you're I, I would be to. happy to. Excellent. <laughs> Even though it's 645 in the morning when you have to get up be on the bridge, that's really great to hear. Well, it turns out we have another minute. Do you want to – oh, we said we, we'd already won last week. But he did have a birthday, so we were going to do something special for Ron. That's the that's our research director who tirelessly works, and he was 74 last Sunday. So what did you come up with, Randy? Actually, I hadn't even thought about it, but, you know, I think he's going to just love this interview anyway because Tippy is probably one of his heroes. So, oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Ron Hayes, you're one of my heroes. I've watched you um, battle demons, and i watched you go through a lot of things, and I just want you to know that I'm so incredibly proud of you. And um, Randy Shannon, I, I, <laughs> I wanted to be a blonde once, but not anymore. I see what you go through. I know it must be a really fun thing. You're so darn cute. Uh, uh, I just couldn't. <laughs> I, I didn't want to go to bed with it billionaires is. either, so what can I say? Yeah, uh, I, it wasn't interesting to me, for sure. <laughs> no way. I actually it's, just put on weight, which I'm now taking off, so I guess I'll have to come up with some, uh, I, I'll get a little taller and I'll say, I'll, no, I'll take, I'll do a Hedron no. That's what we'll call it. We'll <laughs> call it go. the Hedron no. Yeah. Yeah, no, powerful no. Does, does Tippy no. know Patricia Bragg? I mean, California, similar Who? age. I'm wondering, Patricia Bragg of Bragg's Apple Cider Vinegar, she's kind of out by Started another show and I think the nails are just how much time do we have left? <laughs> Let's okay, this program has been brought to you by Kirkgaard Intergalactic Media, our radio partners, ConingCompany.com, Happily200.com, HaveItIncorporated.com, Anna Von Wright, Dr. James Murphy, John Denver, Dr. Joe Wallach, Sheriff Richard Mack, Tippy Hedren, Cash, Carol Channing, Deepak Chopra, Wolfgang Holbig, William P. Dunn, Ed Astor, Dennis Weaver, Larry Hagman, Esther Williams, Admiral Eugene Carroll, Jane Goodall, and Jonathan Granoff, Dennis Kucinich, Chris Burgard, uh, Paul the Washington Insider, Terry Cole Whitaker, Sherry St. Vincent, Lonnie Hogan Miller, Sherry Sharifi Brown, Roger Stone, David R., descendant of King David, the body can, the body does, and the body will. <laughs> That's for you, That's Randy. right. Oh, the <laughs> Edward F. Group, the third, uh, Shalene Nightingale, and drvalerie.com and doctor is all spelled out. Thanks to Paul C. Bragg for leaving us your daughter, Patricia, to continue your life's work. And a big thanks to our team at Voice America, uh, Jeff Spinod, Ryan Treasure, our producer, uh, Randy Jackman, and our friends at Cumulus Radio, Mike Vitale, Mary Flynn, and Ron Simon, and our research director, Ron Hayes, and to John Young at Totally Gospel. A big thanks to your for your friendship all these years and a big thanks to our webmaster Joe Chung merci beaucoup to Bent Migrant for our theme music Almost Ordinary People uh, which is available to you as a free mp3 and I have a very special request to the listening audience somebody about two years ago sent me a tape set your word is your command and I listened to all of it and I just really liked it and I want to join except I couldn't find the the uh, name and address of the person that sent it to me. And I know it's a listener, and I've loved it, and I don't know how to get a hold of you. So if you would call me at 310-455-8621, if you're the one that sent it to me, I do want to sign up for that program. I think it's extremely powerful. So uh, talk to me soon, and thanks for listening. 